69! Season 6, episode 10! Oh, fuck. Of Pods! In the key of Springfield. Uh, I think now I, I remember why we didn't do this for a year. I think I got that. Or, fuck you. I think I got that order <laughs> the wrong way around. Who gives a shit? It it's doesn't fine. Matter. This is season 6. Uh, yeah, it's season 6, episode 10. Yes. But for Pods, it's episode 69 of Pods in the key of. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Grandpa versus sexual inadequacy. Sexual inadequacy. Sexual inadequacy. So, Nick, what have you been up to in the year since we last recorded? Uh, well, we went to a uh, football game today. Yes. Uh, I'm going to work back sure. on a day by day basis. Okay. We went to the Crows Dockers AFLW game. Yes. The Crows did not win. They I did not. I was disappointed by that, and you told me that I. Uh, I believe your point was, Nick, you're not allowed to be upset about this. Yeah, I think I told you to get fucked. Yeah, I think you told yeah. me to get fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yesterday, I. I uh, love with such an easy word to say. Yesterday, I cleaned my mm. kitchen. Yes. What did I do on the day before that? Day before that, I probably I was at work on Friday. You were. Are you going to bail me out of this bit at all, or do I have to go back day by day for a year? No, you've got three hundred and sixty, actually more than three hundred and sixty-three days because it's actually been no, it's been less than a year actually. We recorded last March. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When the when lockdown first started, or possibly April, maybe April. Yeah, we released it like three weeks ago, but we recorded back then. Oh. God, imagine. And at that point, you uh, you said to me on the Zoom call, I'm going for a little walk. You walked into the woods, and now you've re-emerged from the woods. You've got a long, scraggly beard. Uh, I do. It's full of leaves and twigs, and you're ready to record more podcasts. Yep. I and that's I... the canon reason why we didn't do an episode for a year. Yeah, exactly. If you put it down to, you know, I've heard some people mm. put it down to, say, laziness. Yeah. Some people have put it down to... Um, Forgetfulness. Yeah, there's the, that. The true reason is that I am a woodsman. Yeah, you were lost in the woods. I was a big lost woodsman. Yeah, but now you've wandered back and we can do more of this, uh, this fucking podcast. We can do more of this fucking podcast. This fucking podcast. This Sp- goddamn motherfucking podcast. Now, speaking of this being a fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, this. Pods in the Cave Springfield. I'm James, you're Nick. This episode of The Simpsons. Yes. Should be all about fucking. It is all about fucking. It is a real randy little fuck episode. Yeah, people be fucking in this episode. Yeah, people be fucking. Yeah, this is, look, if you're one of those people who just thinks I've sort of brought overview of what the episode was about, which is fine, totally understandable, this is that one where Grandpa Simpson invents that fucking tonic, and then people be fucking. Grandpa Simpson's fuck tonic. Yes, yep. fuck tonic. That concludes my notes. <laughs> no, it doesn't. For- <laughs> <laughs> I can see you've got notes. Does someone say egg? No, I don't think uh, so. Uh, E69. E69. Yeah, it looked like egg. Oh, because the the episode of All About Fucking is episode 69 of Pods in the Key of Springfield. Yeah. Now, that's one number away from the true sex number of 68. That's the true sex number? I don't know. I just tried to, d- I just tried to divert us. I thought you were going to say 70 is the true sex number, which... Well... I don't know. Big, big round, big round boy getting at it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Big thick number. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right. I like a thick number. You like a thick number. What's your I favorite like my number? Is thick. What's your favorite number? And my letters thin. Right. Um, my <laughs> favorite okay. number. Well, my favorite number is, of course, 69, yeah. because that's the episode of Posting the Key of Springfield we're currently recording. Yeah, cool. That's why I like it so much, because this, of this episode. Our best episode. This episode's going to be dummy thick. It fucking better be. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> So, something I noticed, by the way, is that this episode of The Simpsons is all about sex. Yes. This episode of the podcast is episode 69, and you specifically invited me over to record this on Valentine's Day. That so is true. Jekyll, what's going on? What is going on? Well, Nick, the simple truth is, it's Valentine's Day. I looked at, you know, the things in my life that I love the most... And I turned to my partner and said, uh, can we please have Nick around? I'm sorry. It's obviously... <laughs> yeah. oh, you looked at the things in your life that you love the most and none of them were available. Yeah. And so then I'm here. I turned to my cat, Coco. She yelled at me. 
Coco. Coco's I, a beast. And then I invited Nick around. That look, that's fair. Um, okay. I mean, turning to the episode. Yeah. I would watch Frisco Freakout, the movie that starts the 70s Troy McClure. More than one way to get high, baby. A baby. Baby. I'd watch that that movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't watch you it. You wouldn't watch it. What do you think it's about? What do you I'd think have it on in the back. What kind of movie is this? I imagine it's like a heist hijinks movie. Yep. Um, at one point, they end up with Jules despite wanting their own stash. So you know, there's yeah. hijinks. They want to get Tom, high, Nick. Perhaps some tomfoolery. Perhaps but what some they discover is there's there's more than one way to get high, baby. A baby. Baby. What's the other way? The other way? Yeah. Well, I assume they're going to inject heroin. Oh. But most of their veins have collapsed at this point, so it's going to be right into their dicks. Oh, fuck. It's going yeah. to go straight to the dicks. Yeah, right into that dick. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> my brain has completely shut down. You know, I think that's fair. Uh, We're going to record two episodes today. So. Yeah, the second one's going to be a fucking <laughs> ripper. No, nah, I have no idea what, my, what point I was going to make. That's fine. We'll cut that out. No, we won't. We'll Cut out all of this. Keep it all in. So Homer, Homer doesn't want to fuck in this episode. He's having he's having fuck problems. He's having none of it. Yeah, he's he's having a hard time getting it up, getting excited. Yeah, and uh, I've always thought this is like an interesting sort of dynamic in this show where Marge is maybe the one in the couple who enjoys sex more. It is good. I've got a note here saying I like that Marge is leading it. Yes, me too. Because Marge is often. You know, she's not given that much in this show. She's sort of, mm. like, underserved by a lot of episodes. Like, even the episodes that are about Marge are ultimately about Homer, really. Yeah. Uh, I watched A Streetcar Named Marge the other day, which yep. is an episode I love, but I think I mentioned it on our episode, and it bothered me again this time, that Homer's redemption arc is sort of, like, in there as, like, the through line of that episode, mm. and ultimately he doesn't really do much, but he gets redeemed at the end anyway. Mm. And, you know, it's nice to have an episode where Marge is not the main character, but it feels like she is given some interiority. Yeah, she's she's the driving force. Um, because she likes fucking. She does like fucking. And who doesn't? Yeah. And then one day, they're gonna... Look, if you don't, that's fine. Look, yeah, it's totally fine. They're gonna, they're gonna fuck. They're in the bed. And Bart comes in, and he's scared because he's seen a UFO. Yes. And first of all, I like these little moments where the kids are very kiddy, but also just sitting there watching, I was saying, this would be a real pain in the ass having a child. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm sure a lot of our listeners have children and love their children, and that's cool. We're very happy for you and your kids. That's great. Yeah. But when you don't have any kids and you see a scene like this, you think, well, that'd be a pain. That'd be a real pain. Yeah. Maybe, you know, a lot of parents probably love it. Like, their kid comes in and they can have a little cuddle and it's nice. But for me... Yeah, I mean, if someone woke me up at two in the morning and I had to look out of their bedroom window and I'm like, it's a fucking golf umbrella, dude. Yeah. Like, it would <laughs> it would really it would really grind my ears. Yeah, but who is, like, you know, the original prankster. He's a real Dennis the Menace sort. Is he who the Offspring song is written about? Which one? Original prankster. Pretty fly for a white guy. No. He is pretty fly, though. He's yellow. I mean, for a white guy. He's yellow. Yeah, give it to me, baby, he says. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Un, dos, tres. I enjoy that they decide to solve it through a book. Feels like that would no longer be the solution in a season 30 Simpsons episode. And then they go to a shop called Books, Books, and Additional Books. (laughs) And then on the inside, there is a sign that points upstairs that says, Still More Books. I feel like if they did this episode today, they would just listen to a podcast. Yep. Kind of like this one, maybe. Like Pods in the Case Springfield. Yeah, it would be like... Does that, di- mean, it, 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 does that mean that you're going to give your sex tip? Are you about to lead into a sex tip for anyone listening now? Look, let's not talk about my sex tip. It's staying in my pants. Yes. Is that what you call it? Yeah, it's the sex tip. The sex tip. Yeah. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm already learning something. As opposed to the sex tent. Which oh. is... What, like, what is a sex tent? Is that what, what Milhouse gets put in so that his parents can... Bone? I suppose it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was I going to say? I had a Se- idea. Sex tent is the thing to get the angle of the moon so you can navigate on a ship. Isn't it? You know what I was thinking about today? Do you remember that Tom Jones song, Sex Bomb? Yeah. What's going on with that song? Sex bomb, sex, sex bomb. You're a sex bomb. bomb and you Baby. can give it to me when I need to get turned on. Sex what was bomb. Go- Why was Tom Jones allowed to make that song? Because... He had that 
he had the duet with that other group that I don't remember the name of. He had the um, he had burning down the house. Yes, my house, which I think was with the. It wasn't with the cardigans. Whoever that was with, sure, burning down the house. And then I think everyone had a moment of oh, Tom Jones is still pretty good. So then he released that song called Sex Bomb. <laughs> Um, and they all went, oh, what are you doing? But what is that song about? What is a sex bomb? Well, uh, the, the the protagonist is, is a big... Sorry, the, not the protagonist, the antagonist. His, his object of desire mm. is a big sex explosion of a woman. I submit to you, the sex bomb is a song that you think makes sense um, until you try to analyse it for even a moment. <sighs> right. That's my phone buzzing at me. Oh, it's a new episode of Blank Check with Griffin and David. Um, look, if you're not enjoying this episode, you can listen to Blank Check's episode on The Little Mermaid with Esther Zuckerman. Uh, let's mute my phone and put it away. What are you doing? You're on your phone now? Tom are you Jones. downloading Blank Check? Tom Jones. Oh, I didn't realize this song was a collaboration with Moose T. Moose <laughs> T was the people that had horny. I'm oh, horny, 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 horny. Wow, what a niche they were tapped into. Spy on me, baby, you a satellite. Infrared to see me move through the night. Mm. Aim, gonna fire, shoot me right. I'm gonna like the way you fight, and I love the way you fight. Now you found the secret code I use to wash away my lonely blues, so I can't deny or lie, because you're the only one to make me fly. Sex bomb, (laughs) sex bomb, you're a sex bomb. You can give it to me when I need to come along. Sex bomb, sex bomb, you're my sex bomb. Sex bomb. And baby, you can turn me on. Okay, this song is a nightmare. It sounds like it's a song where he's imagining that he's like a fighter jet. And yeah. he has a sex bomb inside of him. There, there's a line in... Is in, this a song about like taking like a tonic sort of like this one in Homer versus sexual inadequacy or grandpa versus sexual inadequacy and the sex bomb is like the aphrodisiac is going to kick in soon I actually think it's more to do with if we cross the A and B plot lines of this mm. episode so in the A plot wait line, a minute no this episode that song's about Viagra oh it's gotta be right I didn't think it was that's gotta be the sex bomb uh, maybe he's pretty old I suppose he is pretty old um you know, I tried taking Viagra once, but I'm no good at swallowing tablets, so it kind of got stuck in my neck. Had a stiff neck for weeks. Oh, yeah. But, um, dish. Probably could have cut out, like, 15 <laughs> words from that, and it would have been... <sighs> I mean, look, it's fine. It's good. You did a good job. Don't edit my jokes on the fly. <laughs> um, so, no, I think if you cross the A and the B plots of this episode... So, in that A plot, we get yep. the, the Simpson and Son um, sexual tonic, or whatever it's called. Yeah. In the B plot, um, uh, Milhouse thinks that there's some kind of, like... Uh, military industrial complex um, uh, conspiracy to keep all the parents inside to take away the meal of dinner. Some sort of vampiric conspiracy? Yeah, I don't know who the Rand Corporation are. I assume that they're an industrial military complex thing. Yeah, some sort of 90s thing. Some sort of 90s thing. And then you combine that with Sex Bomb and you go, yeah, Tom Jones had a a fighter jet that was mostly penis Mm. that he would uh, take down countries with. And it's not unusual no, to be loved not. by anyone. No, it's not. It's not unusual but, 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 to see him cry. He wants to die. Yes. That's such a wonderful turn in that song. It is. Um, anyway. What's no. new pussycat? What is new pussycat? Are it's you, been a year. Are you just <laughs> going to take all Tom Jones songs and point out that actually they're metaphors rather than literal? Like I've moved through the three Tom Jones songs I know. Well, I mean, there's still a... Big vacant spot here for burning down the house. 365 degrees burning down the house. Mile house. Alright, I think we've covered the Tom Jones camp. Alright. I don't know that Tom Jones is ever going to come up on this podcast again. Mm. It's not unusual to be Tom Jones in a song. No, 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 no. Thus ends our recurring segment, What's New Tom Jones. What's New Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Uh, There's a joke in this one that I like where they're at the bookshop. And I want to see if you had the same interpretation of this joke. They're in the bookshop 
And the kids come by, so they hurriedly pick up books to pretend they were looking at them. And Marge picks up, you know, Tanks of the Third Reich. Yep. She's like, I'm Marge, baby, and I'm looking at this tank book. Mm. And then Homer's, where, Homer's picking up a, a book that says Maple Thorpe on it. I don't know mm. who Maple Thorpe is, but I assume they're a photographer, mm. maybe an erotic photographer. Mm. And it's got a butt on the cover. Big and, he butt. Says, and he, like, looks in there and screams. My interpretation of that joke has always been because you're seeing the butt, he must be seeing the dick inside yes, the book. Yes, I agree. Yep. Okay, good. But he's got the book open to like halfway. And yeah. so it like logically it doesn't make any sense that, oh, well, the centerfold of this is just the opposite view of the cover. Yeah. That's not how books work. But that's how I understand that that's, scene. It's always how I've understood that joke. And I think that's good. I think yep. that's funny. On you, Maple. Meanwhile, Bart picks up some sort of conspiracy theorist book and becomes QAnon. Becomes QAnon, yep. He's doing B-drops. Yeah. Uh, he's, um, I don't know, generally being fucking ridiculous. He's going into a pizza shop and making a fuss. Yep. You know, I really don't know the full extent of QAnon. Like, anytime I've tried to look into it, it just seems so crazy that I can't yeah. really pass it. A few years back, a friend was having a New Year's party... And she messaged me before the party, before I got to the party. It already started, but I was mm. still on my way. And she messaged me and said, uh, James, can you tell me what QAnon is? So I sent her a brief description of like, look, here's what I know about like Pizzagate and it's a yep. conspiracy theory. She's like, okay, because there's like a guy here in a QAnon shirt. Ooh. And I'm a little concerned. And she sort of described it in a way where it kind of sounded like it was a joke. Like the shirt. I'm like, okay, well, I'll go there and I'll see where the deal I'll is. I'll suss it out, yeah. I get there and this guy is very clearly just like a QAnon guy. Oh. Who is at the party. And that got uncomfortable. I basically stayed away from him until I got very drunk at like 2.30 in the morning and started like yelling a lot of stuff about Trump. Who was at the time the president of the United States <laughs> yeah, of America. Yeah, that, that's something that's changed. That's yeah. nice. This is our first podcast recording during the Biden administration. Yes. Not that we're Americans, so it doesn't matter at doesn't all. Matter I mean, at all. how many times have we changed Australian prime minister since we started? Like eight times? Right. Yeah, probably about eight. Probably at least once. Yeah. Was Malcolm Turnbull prime minister when we started this? Easily, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> easily. Easily. He just waltzed right in there. No, as it just uh, on a pure time, yeah, timeline level. It might like, have even been the other guy, Abbott. No, probably not. It's oh, probably Turnbull by then. Yeah, probably Turnbull. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I don't, I don't forget when the handover was. Hmm. Although we did have that episode where we both ate raw onions whole. That's true, and we loved it. The day I remember the day Scott Morrison became prime minister, I was in a Carl's Junior at lunchtime, and I saw it on the news. I've only been to Carl's Jr. once in my life. Oh, you can pinpoint the day. I suppose so. Carl Sr., on the other hand. Yeah. Uh, not really a part of this anecdote. Was it a Carl's Jr. in Engadine and did you shit yourself? I did shit myself. It's yes. just, I, I felt like a podcast that mentions Scott Morrison has to mention the one thing that podcasters always say about Scott Morrison. Yeah, they shit himself. In Engadine. In McDonald's. McDonald's. He's also like a bad prime minister. Yeah, I guess that's also relevant. Yeah, he's no good. Yeah, in my opinion. No, I agree. Yeah. Al Gore is in this episode. I don't think it's Al Gore himself, but he pops up. Did you know that Al Gore's daughter eventually wrote for Futurama? I did not know that. That's yeah. a fun little bit. That's why Al Gore is on Futurama like a bunch of times. He sure. guests on Futurama. He talks about climate change and they like take it seriously before most people were taking well, Al Gore's talk about climate change seriously. See, yeah. So th- they make fun of him vibe. Uh, by book titles yeah. Sane Planning Sensible Future which was a L- Lisa says was a sequel to and there's another book title she gives that I don't remember off the top of my head but and then of course there was the South Park, uh, South Park thing with Man Bear Pig um, yeah. which was a take off of Al Gore and it's like hey he had like I have to be honest I haven't seen An, an Inconvenient Truth I think was the name of his yeah, I've seen thing. it yeah, and I, I don't know how it stacks up in 2021 and blah, 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 because I reckon that was 04 or 05 or something. So, yeah, it was good. I'm sure yeah. it's still good. I'm sure it's still fine. Maybe the science has been refined a little bit, but I don't think it's wrong. But it's interesting to go back and look at people going, making a joke, which is essentially, ha, oh, this idiot wants us to bloody mm. prepare for things. It is fun. Like, that becomes a major plot point in the Simpsons movie as well, eventually, mm. years and years later. I do think... To this episode's credit, kind of, uh, the Al Gore joke isn't so much like this guy's 
a fucking tosser. It's just more like, this guy's a bit boring. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. In his office, though, when they cut to him in the White House as vice president, yeah. on the desk is a record player. There is one of those big globes, you know, the big globes that spin around. Yep, or sometimes we'll hide a liquor cabinet. Oh, yes. Yes. There is a Rubik's Cube and there is a bonsai plant. Bonsai. The Rubik's Cube stands out to me as being the weirdest inclusion there. Yeah. Because I think the record player, the globe, and the bonsai plant, those are all things that you could conceivably just have... As in, vice president. As, sure. Just in an office, right? But the Rubik's Cube is something that he has specifically brought in. That's Ru- true. Rubik's Cubes are not standard issue in offices. No. Um, and it was solved as well. Huh. Solved or unstarted. See, the great thing about Rubik's Cubes is it's impossible to tell between solved and unstarted. People don't know whether you've put in zero effort or 100% of effort. Maybe they should implement a role where you have to be able to solve a Rubik's Cube before you can be president. That's interesting. I mean, I feel like Trump would have had a hard time. Reagan probably wouldn't have been able to do it. I doubt Nixon had the patience. Yep. 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 Um... Yeah, Bush Jr. probably would have been able to do it, I think, which would break the whole system, but, you know. I mean, I had a friend who, over one summer, taught himself to solve Rubik's Cubes. This is Shane. You know Shane. I know Shane. Um, And from what I understand, there's only about seven maneuvers that you need. Yeah. And then it's just recognizing which pattern applies to which maneuver. Sure. But, sorry, having said that there's only seven maneuvers, that doesn't mean you can solve a cube in seven turns. It means that there are... To get from this pattern to that pattern, I need to do the following three or four moves. Mm. And that counts as one order of operations, if you like. And there's only about seven orders of operations. But it's recognizing them and then working through the multi-step process for Mm. them that's the difficult bit. I watched a documentary on Netflix not that long ago called The Speed Cubers, which is about the World Rubik's Cube Championships. Mm. Uh, look, I'm going to recommend it to people. It's 40 minutes long. It's really good. It's set largely in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, oh. It's interesting. It's, I don't want to get into it too much because this is not a podcast about Rubik's Cubes, although it could be if people wanted the pivot. But um, yes, it's good. Yep. Good uh, doco. Yep. Pause in the key of Rubik's. Yeah. Rubik's in the cube of Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. How you feeling after that stretch? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Nice and rested. What is this podcast about? The Simpsons. Uh, I like it when they go to the, the Ben Breakfast place and they have to stay in the utility room. To me, that's funny. I wouldn't have called that a bed and breakfast. I would have called it a sex hotel. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. <laughs> do you think you pay by the hour in a place like that or do you pay by the night? Oh, good question. I imagine for reasons of legitimacy, they have to say that you pay by the night. Yeah, okay. Because I know in some countries they will have like hourly sex hotels, but maybe that wasn't that kind of place. Japan has that, don't they? Yeah. The, the love hotels, yeah. To the best of my knowledge, yes. I don't know if that's knowledge. still a thing, but it's definitely I mean, at one point. One of the fantastic things about growing up in Australia in the 90s is that you do have to take everything that you've heard about Japan yes. and put a fucking huge asterisk after it. Yeah. God, I read this... Um, Literally everything we've told about Japan has been a lie. I read a book by a Japanese woman recently called Convenience Store Woman, like big popular book. Sure. And I was looking at the, the reviews on the front and the back, and a lot of them, one of them was like, this is a book that could only be written in Japan, and another one was like, it's as refreshing as a... What was it? It was refreshing as a sake martini or something like that. It was all just like, you didn't need to do this. Just like, tell me that you like the book. Like, and why you, you don't need to like make these weird references yeah. to Japan in your description yeah, yeah, yeah. of why you like the book. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And then a lot of them were talking about how funny the book was. I ran like, this book's not really that funny. It's kind of, it's a bit more melancholy than funny. I thought and introspective, but mm. I feel like, I don't know. People have such an ingrained sort of prejudice against Japan in mm. a way mm. that they, uh, have weird interpretations of work coming out of the country. Sure. Maybe that's too big of a topic to get into in this a podcast about The Simpsons. Well, we've just had a pop-up a on your show computer that we'll... for, to say that you need to sign into Origin, so that's good. <laughs> yes. 
if you want to, uh, I don't know, download the new games by EA, I suppose. Thank you, Origin. Thank you, Origin. I just feel like since we're not playing at my house... Uh, yeah, you know, my we, PlayStation's in another room. Yeah, we're, we're missing all the standard characters, so I'm, yeah. just, I'm just looking for any other... We've got Ray. Is that Ray? That is Ray from Star Wars. Yeah, Ray from Star Wars. I've got a little Disney Infinity figure in here of Ray. Yeah. And then Finn is over here. Oh, Finn. Yeah. And then you've got Ray from Neighbours. <laughs> that is... I mean, that's a visual gag. That is one of the characters from The Incredibles that you picked up. Oh. Yeah, well, was, that's yeah. Elastigirl. Elastigirl. And yeah. you got a little Yoshi? I do have a little Yoshi up there. Fuck yeah. A little well, Yanni Yoshi. Have, I'm going to set up the little Yoshi so that he's overlooking me. Okay. And he will uh, he'll keep you safe is Yoshi for the rest a, of the session. Is, is Yoshi a he? Did I just misgender not Yoshi? You know, I'm legitimately not sure. I think... I don't know if there's a canon gender for Yoshi necessarily. Good, let's keep it that way. But I'll say Yoshi is like a species in the in the series. It's kind of like nebulous oh. whether it's the same Yoshi each time. Yeah, okay. Because there's a species of Yoshi that are all different colours. Basically the same personality, but different colours. Sure. So the exact identity of Yoshi, I guess, is in flux. Yes, sure. In flux. Good. Mm. Eon flux. Good, good, good. Eon... Yeah. Ian Flux. <laughs> Elon Musk. Ah. Topical. I suppose so. Stonks. Stonks? Ah, yeah, stonks. Um, okay, uh, The Simpsons. Also a thing worth talking about. Excuse me? What? <laughs> uh, what have I got here? Dan Kesslinetta is really good in this episode. Yeah! I was thinking about this. His performance as Grandpa in this one is really great. I think. He really... The way he elongates a lot of his phrases and then the way he like escalates when he gets angry. And then the scene that really solidified this opinion is the yes. flashback to when mm. Homer is younger. Yeah. And you have younger Abe and his voice is the same but different. Yeah, that's He's a really re- good find. Yeah, it's like two lines, but he really like changes it up in a way where it's still recognizably Abe and it's different from Homer and it's different from old Abe. But you can see, like, the lineage. He really, like, does yeah. a great job of aping this episode. My note about the flashback is Mona. Lovely, supportive Mona. Yeah. Um, for anyone who isn't aware, we did a recent appearance on the Simpsons Index doing the Mona Simpson trilogy. Yep, that's another podcast. Another podcast. This was uh, not in that trilogy because this is only a minor flashback that features Mona, but there she is being lovely and supportive. Yeah, not played by Glenn Close, I assume. Not played by Glenn Close, we Wouldn't assume. that be crazy, though, if they had burned Glenn Close for that one line? For one line. Yeah. You know what they say? Keep your Glenns close and your enemies closer. When the... Uh, when the A story... Did I say Glosser there? I don't think you did. I think I did. I think I combined Glenn and Close. Oh. I said Glosser. Well, alright. When they when they get the, the A story up and going and they start going around selling all the tonic... Yes. I don't think they've put enough energy into how difficult it would be to acquire that many bottles. Hmm. Because... My Christmas present to my family this... Well, in the Christmas just gone. It's yeah. now February 2021. Yeah. Christmas 2020, I gave everyone sauces. Sure. I made a bunch of sauces and gave them out to all my family members. I had a chili sauce, I had a garlic sauce, and I had a barbecue sauce. They were all fucking tasty. Okay. Acquiring bottles is surprisingly difficult. Hmm. Because you either go to a commercial place, in which case you're buying a thousand of them... Or you pay a very high price to buy small quantities of glass bottles. And yet, Homer and Abe, without any fuss whatsoever, acquired hundreds of these little, like those little flat medicinal bottles. Yeah, and they seem bespoke. They've got the label on them and everything. I mean, they could have applied the label aftermarket, but they did still seem like a very specific bottle. Ah, they're all the same bottle, yes. It wasn't just, this is just compiled of what's lying around the house. And they're selling these bottles for a dollar each, they say at one point. That seems like it's too low. Yeah, I would think so. For a, like, homemade remedy, a dollar seems very cheap. How would you sell your homemade remedies for? How much would I sell them for? Yes. Well, look, the stuff that comes out of my bathtub, I call it Game Water. I sell it online. Um, I usually would get like $40, $50 for a little vial of yep. it. Yeah. Yep. If anyone would like to buy my Game Water or my new product, Game of Piss, uh, just find me online. Do Dash people, me outside. Do, do people know that um, 
so obviously we've created this silly little alter ego for you called Jekyll. Yes, sure. Do people know that you are actually Belle Delphine? <laughs> <laughs> she was the Game of Water girl, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. That was all. Yeah, okay. Gonna good. Pretend, I'm just going to pretend you're someone else, that's all. I recently listened to an episode of the podcast Maintenance Phase, which is about sort of uh, health myths throughout time, and they did one on... I think it was called like medicine shows and snake oil salesmen. Sure. And they were talking about how like medicine shows used to be a big attraction in the US where people would travel from town to town and there'd be a little show and then they would try to sell like a medicine they were spooking and sure. often it would be complete bullshit. Yep. And they sort of I mean, sort of a tangent here, but one of the ironies is that snake oil actually did have some legitimacy but only if you bought it in china where they were actually making a real oil out of crushed snakes that actually had medicinal benefits in the u.s it was all fake but um yeah this episode made me think of that it's just an interesting thing where that used to be like one of the primary forms of entertainment seems like a missed opportunity to not bring mr burns in on this plot somewhere Oh, yeah, Burns is a good point. Yeah. Hang on, I'll come back to that in a moment, because I was going to say that on Thursday night, I couldn't sleep. Sure. Because there was an announcement that Taylor Swift was going to be announcing some news on Good Morning America. Yes. Now, Good Morning America is about starts at about 10.30 Adelaide time. Yeah. So I couldn't really sleep, and then I was looking at Twitter, and then someone said, here's a link and you don't need a VPN... We've got around the the thing. So I was just streaming Good Morning America, waiting for this news to occur. Sure. Uh, The news for anyone playing along at home was that she um, has uh, re-released, re-recorded Fearless, and that'll be released on April 9th. Isn't she doing that with all of her albums? Yeah, but Fearless is going to be the first one to drop. Okay. uh, To to reclaim the the masters for them, essentially. But anyway, um, American TV is fucking wild. Yeah. So Good Morning America... Every nine seconds, they throw to a different host. (laughs) And every 15 seconds, they take an ad break. And the ad breaks were three minutes long. And all of the ads... Well, sorry, that's not true. Some of them were for cars. Most of the ads were for medicine. Yeah, American ads are cooked. And one of the wild things is that Australia has an advertising standard that basically says if it's a prescription medicine, you can't advertise for it. Yeah. Um, Because... That's not the purpose you of a be able to, because yeah. that's not the purpose of a prescription medication. Um, whereas, yeah, so many of these American ads were like, "Hey, do you sometimes feel tired? Go to your doctor and ask for a prescription for this." And it's like, I don't know, tiredness could be caused by heaps of fucking things. <laughs> Is that and like ads for class action lawsuits? Yeah, I don't know if you encountered any during this one specific viewing. But not during you this a lot one of speci- those. Yeah, not during this one specific viewing. No, I remember. The one time I was in the US for a press trip in like 2012, it was right before, like, uh, it was before Obama's second election. Sure. Where he was running against Mitt Romney. Yep. And the ads were just fucking cooked on television. Really? I remember distinctly there was one ad that I saw, and it was set in a university or in college, I suppose, in the year 2016. Sure. And it was this uh, Asian professor giving a talk about how China had, like, taken over the U.S. following Obama's second election. And then he was just talking about, you know, all the stupid things Americans had done to lead to this. And then it cut to the people in the crowd, and they were all Asian, and they were all just laughing (laughs) uproariously. And it was just an ad for, like, elect fucking Mitt Romney in this election. Oh. Or China will take over. Oh, God. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, why are you allowed to put this on television? That's truly baffling. This was like playing in public. I was in a bar at the time and it just played on the TV. Fucking Like, hell. that is so cooked. Like, if you're in America, you should know that's not like a normal thing <laughs> yeah, to have it in ad. Ab- absolutely not. Or, yeah. I, well, I mean, at the very least, I hope it was mocked roundly, but that's not yeah. good enough. I feel like the the much celebrated, like, Super Bowl ads they get in America, that's just what every ad looks like in other countries. But you know what? Yes. I The whole thing with the Super Bowl ads is so fucking strange. Because, and 
I know they're a big deal. I get that. What I'm saying is, it's wrong for them to be a big deal. For the following reason. The least enjoyable part of any televisual experience is the ads. Except for this one time of the year when everyone goes, Ha, can't fucking wait for the ads. (laughs) Why? If this ad was on at any other time, you'd mute it. Yeah. It is so weird to me. It'd be like, if you were driving along, fucking Origin wants you to log in again. Shut up, Origin. It's like, if you were driving along, and you went, fuck, you know what I hope? I hope there's a really long train coming (laughs) up at the crossing. Why? Well, it's train crossing day. The day where we love having to wait for 10 minutes for a train to go past the crossing. Chugga 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 Way, this is exciting. Robert De Niro's on the train. Fuck Robert De Niro. Fuck the advertising and fuck the Super Bowl. No, wait, if Robert De Niro was on the train, though, that would be really exciting. No, fuck Robert De Niro. He's not on the train. He could be. Get off the train, James. Mm, what about Al Pacino? I feel like I really shot my own point in the foot there, but I, feel, <laughs> I think I had a valid point somewhere along the way. <laughs> and then right at the end, you brought Robert De Niro in. I know, and I've, I've really... I've and really he was mis- like, you talking to me? I've really misstepped there, because now you're just you talking to me by thinking about Robert De Niro. There's no one else around here. So you must be podcasting at me. It's Robert De Niro. Sure. I like the stock film festival the kids go to. Yeah, that's good. And the note I wrote here is, this is a joke that I really like and do not laugh at at all. Actually, yeah. yeah. It, it's a joke that you want to pat on the back. Yeah. You want to pat on the back and go, good work, bud. Yeah, nice. It's nice. Like a 69. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, a little bloody, oh, little bit of a bloody, bloody 69. Bit of fucking... <laughs> One thing they do not clarify in this episode Just that I feel... The... Oh, Just I... out with the lads. <laughs> Out with the lads, one of the lads. One of the things that needs to be clarified in this episode. How much of this tonic are you meant to drink? They're just guzzling it down like it's Coca-Cola. Well, I mean, I guess if they're selling it only for a dollar, you would want it to be a single dose. Because I reckon that bottle holds about 330 mil, maybe? It's so much to guzzle of a weird liquid that was made in an old man's bathtub. Do they specify the ingredients of the tonic? Because if they do, we're doing an Eat My Shorts where we're going to drink the tonic. (laughs) Is this like drinking the tomb juice that they found? <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be James and Nick drink something stupid part two. When and that'll f- be the last episode because we will die. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> um, and uh, then a lot of the couples who get this this tonic, like whenever you see them, you know, they're sending the kids outside and you see their silhouettes or you see them like in the window. They seem pretty turned on before they drink the tonic. Yeah, in every situation, the wife yeah. was already ready to They're, fight. like, already ready to go. Yeah. Maybe they don't need the tonic. Maybe the tonic's a placebo. And, and has the... Hu- so, because, keep in mind, this is the day before mobile phones. Yeah. Have the husband- Literally the day before. They came the, out the next the day. The day before. Yeah. Have the husbands called from the office and said... I'm stopping past the, the mall to yeah, buy this just weird so you know, tonic. We're fucking tonight. Yeah, you'd better get on some some kind of negligee and drape yourself against the the window frame, because I because I be I be returning. Yeah, people got to see our silhouettes, and it's got to be sexy. It's got to be sexy. It's got to be a sexy silhouette. It's, it's got to be like that. Put your head on my shoulder TikTok meme. I don't know what that is. Uh, I've I never s- used TikTok. I'm I'm unclear on what you're talking about. Uh, there was a um, uh, a meme where in the first part of the video, people would just be standing around normally, um, and then there would be a change in the music, and the screen would all go red. Oh, like the Harlem Shake? No. Okay. The screen would all go red, and it would be sexy silhouette stuff. Oh, okay. So a bit like the Harlem Shake, though, right? Oh, you know what? It's probably more like the Harlem Shake than I gave it credit for. <laughs> Alright, what are you? Oh, we're watching one here. Okay, so there's two women. They're walking down the hallway. Now they're leaning in. Ah, oh, yep, now it's all sexy. Okay. It's all sexy silhouette stuff. On the, on the change in the music. Okay. I don't really get it, but cool. It's good. It's good <sighs> that young people are doing fun things that they like. The thing is, I don't really get it either, but I made a conclusion a couple of months ago that at the age of 34... Wait, was I explaining this on The Simpsons Index? I don't remember. I feel like at the age of 34, I am too young to be... I don't want to be the old guy mm. going, Oh, bloody taking photos for FaceTube. Well, put it up on Instabook. 
I don't want to be that old guy. And I went through a moment where I realized I don't understand TikTok at all. Hmm. I want to understand it because at 34, I am too young to write off these social media things. After spending a couple of months looking through TikTok, James, I am too old for TikTok. I do not understand it. I do not understand it at all. Oh, I think that's entirely fair. I never got into it. I just knew that it wasn't for me and that's fine. It can be for other people. That's fine. Yeah. I just didn't want to not understand it. Sure. I wanted to understand it. I feel like I understand what Vine was. I never got into Vine, but I watch Vine compilations now. I'm like, oh, Vine was good. I understand Vine a lot more than I understand TikTok. Vine was funny. I think the reason I understand Vine more than TikTok is that Vine tends to be more original from what I've seen. And also... TikTok I- is, is TikTok's entire business model is, here's one thing, now everyone will do that one thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I think Vine also just sort of like... I guess now that Vine is over, there's been a lot of interesting writing and reflection on Vine, yeah. which allows old men like us to sort of understand what it was and why it was important that's probably true because a bunch of younger people have done the labor to help us understand there is one tiktok i do find genuinely entertaining we can cut this out if we need to away i got the fridge upgraded samsung 2.0 upgrade they say what you do is grab a glass and uh it's got bloody Part of me is wondering if we should not explain what just happened in the video. Oh, there are so many of them. <laughs> it's very funny. Anyway. Uh, DM us if you want the link to that video, I guess. DM Nick, because I won't have the link. <laughs> We're through the looking glass here, people. Ah, uh, that's a good line. That's definitely a Simpsons ruin my brain. Another one in this episode is when Homer's looking for his pants and Marge says he threw them out the window in a fit of passion. Yeah, that's That true. is now my response whenever me or my partner cannot find something. Specifically yeah. your pants. Sometimes it's pants. Um, often it's something else. Why is Abe dressed like the Colonel and they never pay it off? As in I like, was wondering that. Dre- dressed like Colonel Sanders, but there are no jokes that pay it off. Well, they also have red, white, and blue balloons around the thing, so I guess it's just a general, like, American Southerner sort of thing. Yeah, okay, I suppose so. Although I don't really know in service of what, but I like it, I don't know. Well, it almost makes me wonder, was there a joke that got cut out very late in production that would have paid that off, but now it just got cut and he's still just dressed as the... As Colonel Sanders. Is it all in service of the general vibe of being in the American South where they have the getaway music in the car? Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose it's all that kind of, you know, good Southern homeboy, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's all towards that. But but Colonel Sanders is such a specific... Because they could have dressed Abe Southern without putting him in all white. Mm. I mean, look, Colonel Sanders is specific, but it is also based on a general stereotype of the old Southern gentleman. I thought there was a specific Colonel Sanders. I think there was. Harland. I don't think... Harland Sanders. But I don't think he's the only one who dressed that way, necessarily. I think he's just the most famous icon to have worn that suit. I mean, you and I both dressed exactly the same. I'm wearing a shirt that says Simpsons, and you have one that says The Decline, with a picture of uh, Hans Hans Malman, man gets hit by football. football. I should know, mine says Simpsons in the Seinfeld font, so there's a thing going on with it. Yes. They're both references to Mm. things. We're both very tedious. Our listeners already know that. <laughs> uh, something I noticed, maybe I've noticed it before, but I wanted, I want to believe that I noticed it more because I've just upgraded my TV and sound system. Mm. The scene where they're driving the car and Homer says they didn't start chasing us until he started playing this getaway music. Uh, this time, I was really thinking this notice is no- this music is noticeably diegetic. It's happening within the universe, and you can hear the difference in how it is playing compared to, like, background music. So you can tell right away, this is diegetic music. It's the sound mixing on it. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. Which I think is good. Yeah, so when you're outside of the car, it's a little bit more muffled, and then when you come inside of the car, it's a little bit clearer, like that kind of vibe. Well, it's just general got, like, a little bit more of a graininess, I think. Yeah. What if it was... A matte graininess, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Matte graining. Matte graining. Oh, that's the guy who made Disenchantment. What? (laughs) 
You know that cartoon on Netflix? Not familiar. No, me neither, really. I only get Netflix to watch anything that's Taylor Swift related and then cancel it. Yeah, that's... I mean, I would say that's fair. It's strange. But it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get Disney Plus for the Taylor Swift thing on there? Yeah. And for Frozen? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I've... I've, um, uh, Subscribed to and cancelled Disney Plus three and two times. Three and... So five... No, I've subscribed to it three times and cancelled to it twice. Okay, so you're still on there now? No. Oh, wait, I did that backwards. No, wait. Wait, what did I do? I don't know. Maybe it's three and three. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be. It it, it is. It's three and three. Okay. Three for three. That was harder than it had to be. (laughs) Four for four. Yes. Very 90s, that. Oh, reverse vampires. Are they real? Is that an issue? I don't think they're real. Okay, fair. Um, do you think a bathtub falling in your head, as happens to Homer, mm. would kill you? Yes. Okay, good. Con- we're really just moving through these notes. Right? Confident that Homer is dead. There's a very weird Hiroshima and, joke and, in this episode. And, and the rest of the series... Do I have to hold your hand through this? The rest of the series is a death... I want to say dream? Yes, a, okay. di- a diegetic death dream. Diegetic death dream. Pretty sure I saw them at the big day out. How were they? Ah, uh, no good. A little heavy on the bass? Yeah, a bit grainy. Yeah. Mac grainy? Mac grainy. Okay. Oh, Creative Futurama? Oh, um, Ugly Dave grainy. Terrible comedy guy from the 80s. You know, life really is hell. Uh, that's what I've heard. So, um, Hiroshima joke. Yeah. Homer's radiation splash going behind the Radiation King TV. Yeah. Mm. A reference to the uh, the fact that when the bombs dropped on Hiroshima and, and uh, Nagasaki, Nagasaki, yeah, uh, people's shadows were left behind, frozen in time. There's because there's, isn't there a kid sitting on like a step outside a house that is almost the exact same shadow as what they're showing there for Homer? I mean, or, or is that a false memory I've created to reverse engineer this reference? I am not sure. Yeah. I can't get inside your memories. Oh, wow. This is just your memory, Nick. Fuck. I can't provide any additional information. Yeah, uh, weird reference though. It is, in my opinion. It's one of those ones that I reckon 15 years ago I would have been like, yeah, I get this. This is a reference to the nuclear bomb in Hiroshima. Oh, it's, it's that tragic bombing. Yeah, it's, it, it's a reference that I can pinpoint... Whereas now I'm like, what? Why though? What? What? What is it doing? Yeah, I'm nervous about this because <laughs> The Simpsons does not typically handle things well, and I get nervous when I see something like that now. And then we get Homer is watching JFK on the TV. I'm not sure who does the JFK voice in this. But you I'm mean gonna... that's not JFK? I, uh, I mean, it could be, but I'm going to use this to segue to an unrelated thing, Nick. You've had Netflix at one point or another. Sure. Did you ever watch The Crown? No. Okay, so The Crown. My partner and I started watching The Crown at some point, I don't know, late last year, early this year, sometime. Just because we're in our 30s, watching The Crown seems like a thing to do. Sure. And there's one episode where Michael C. Hall, who played Dexter in Dexter, the TV show Dexter. Yeah. He played Dexter in Dexter. It was the blood show. Yeah, he shows up playing JFK. Right. Now, if you haven't seen The Crown, and you have seen Dexter, and you're imagining Michael C. Hall as JFK, I assure you it was even worse than that. Right. Uh, just the most baffling JFK impression imaginable. Well, I hadn't just, pictured it as being good, because it, after all, it is content. It, it is content, yes. Mm. Much like The Simpsons, and much like this podcast, mm. and much like the game of football we went to just today. I'm not sure about any of those definitions. But, um, look, this is now, like, any time I see anything to do with JFK, I just flash right to that performance, which was so ruinously bad that I feel like it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. That's so big. my advice is, if you're watching The Crown, skip the JFK episode. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. We also, we stopped watching The Crown at one point because we watched another episode that was so unbelievably boring that I don't know if we can keep going with it. Right. So, you know, just watch out with The Crown, I'm saying. Well, then I'd better cancel my order of a DVD box set of Netflix series, The Crown. Yeah, I suppose you should, Nick. 
You ordered two of them as well, which is the confusing thing to me. It is confusing, yes. Yeah, you're going to put them on two TVs simultaneously so you can get through it twice as fast? No, I was going to put them on two TVs at the same time to see if they link up. You know, kind of like what people do with Pink Floyd and Wizard of Oz. Or, you know, you play the Shining forwards and backwards at the same time and overlay the images to see if they match up. Is that a thing that people do? Yeah, it is. It's what one guy did. (laughs) Fucking hell. And let me guess, it was not particularly conducive to having a result? Well, he had this whole thing. It's in this documentary, Room 237, and he talks about, like, at one point, uh, Jack's hairline... I think maybe we've talked about this on an episode about The Shining. Right. At one point, Jack's hairline matches up with, like, the top of his lip in a way where it looks like he has a Hitler mustache. Well... It's like, well, that's what the movie's about. It's like, no... no, Kubrick didn't make this movie to rewatch forwards and backwards at the same time. There's three different cuts of this movie. There's no way this was intentionally planned. That's not how movie making works. I mean, that's the, that's the movie critic equivalent of numerology. Yeah. Or thi- phrenology, frankly. Well, I was thinking earlier today about how much it annoys me when people say that, you know... Oh, well, you've just got to look at the numbers all around you because numbers and patterns and numerology and blah, blah, blah. Because I was thinking about if you buy a box of a dozen eggs, yes, there are so many ways that you could come up with numbers that have a reference for that. Sure. There's 12 because there are 12 eggs. Yeah. You could say that six goes into it twice. So then you get two and six. Or three you and get four. Three and four. You get eight plus four. Like... Numbers... Yeah, 24. Cut it in half. Cut it in half. Yeah. Give it a big old half seat. Yeah. Yeah. 13. Baker's dozen. Baker's dozen. Heavy as the head that wears Netflix as the crown, is what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a, here's a dark little glimpse into my past. The scene where Grandpa says to Homer, if I hadn't taken that tonic however many years ago, you never would have been born. I would have been happy. You were an accident. Sure. This scene... As a kid, always sort of struck me as strange because my parents told me I was an accident, like, early on. Yeah, like, right. Just right away, like, you were an accident. We didn't intend to have a child, and then yep. we did. So I see that, I'm like, am I meant to be upset about this? You know, it's interesting because I, I'm adopted. Yeah. And I was adopted out from my birth parents when I was weeks old. Yeah. And I was never told by my birth parents you were an accident. But look, I fucking put two and two together and figured it out by the fact I was adopted at weeks old. Sure. Same thing. And I I don't see it as, fuck, Origin's popped up again. Origin, we're having a serious yeah, fucking just, discussion, all right? minimize it this time. Jesus Christ, Origin. Origin. Getting in the way of our deep and meaningful on Valentine's Day, the holiest of all days. Um, anyway. Anyway, yes, being an accident. Uh, yeah, so I'm emotionally stable and fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Look, I forgot the point I was making, but I figured that was a good enough punchline because I've just yelled at a program. Yeah, I just always thought that was odd that Homer gets that upset about it. Yeah. But then I do like the thing afterwards where Marge points out that not only was Bart an accident, but Homer tells him all the time and told him that Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Takes a little bit of the sting out. It does. Which I think is appropriate for that specific joke. Often I think, you know, leave the sting in, this one, take the sting out. Take the sting out. That's my advice to wasps. Take it out. To wasps? To wasps. I thought we were talking about The Simpsons. Oh. Oh, is that what this is? Fucking hell, James. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking about wasps this entire time. Wait, let me look at your notes. This is just... This is just page after page of wasp-based notes. Huh. I thought this was wasps in the key of Springfield. No, that's what we're recording tomorrow. Oh, okay. But we're doing a sting for it tonight. Oh, shit. Yeah. Except it's the second time we're doing it, so it's the bee sting for our wasp podcast. Oh, fuck. I appreciate that this is a confusing system. Uh, This has got me all in a flap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is some buzz around the pod, though, so that's good. And that's all the jokes <laughs> that there are for that um, specific thing. Yep, we have a Patreon where people are called The Hive. Oh, that would be good. Yep. Yeah. If, if we were a B-based podcast, <laughs> which, may I remind you, we're not. I mean, this case, a wasp podcast. Sorry, I'm being very loud in your house again. Uh, it's probably fine. No, it's a shared wall. Yeah, but not this one. It's the other one. Yeah, right. there's a, a dividing wall. I was just making a callback for anyone that's playing along with our Simpsons Index episode. I don't know if people are doing that, but they should. I think that was a good episode. Yeah, I mean, playing bo- play both at the same time. See if they match up. By the time they get to Homer's override, like, uh, what is it? His 
half-assed overparenting. Yes. That's like the sixth plot of this episode. This episode has a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of plots. And then they bring in that and just sort of drop the conspiracy theory stuff. It just disappears at that point. Yeah. It's gone. More plots than a cemetery. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. And that's at, what I meant. At, at, at the time. Yeah. Um, where does the conspiracy... Well, I guess though... It if, ends with Milhouse saying we're through the looking glass here, people. And yeah. it's done. Oh, yeah. Because then I guess though that the behavior... So the, the conspiracy came out of the behavior that the parents are doing weird things, but if Abe's no longer selling the tonic, then the parents aren't doing the weird behavior anymore. The, yeah. the whole of Springfield's going back to not fucking. But also, they've been on the road delivering this stuff. How much of the tonic did the parents have? Are they fucking every night? Every night. Would everyone start fucking? How many bottles do they sell? I don't know. Maybe a lot. No wonder Seems like a lot. No wonder they're only selling it for a dollar. Hmm. I don't know, the logistics of this episode, hard to track, but I like it. I think it's a good episode. Have we said that? Yeah, it's a pretty Have good episode. Have we indicated that we like the episode? Uh, I don't think I did. But Personally, it, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's a pretty good episode. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, the last note I have here, an interesting thing, I think, right at the end, Abe oh, and Homer yeah. accidentally burned down the old family home through, you know, some slightly sweaty stuff where they just, you know, I don't know why Abe has lit that fire, but anyway, they burned yep. down the home. Burned down the home. And then home Tom at, Jones's house. Yeah, it's not <laughs> they, unusual. They, they burned down the house. My house. Tom Jones talk is over, Nick. We had Tom Jones corner. We went for 40 minutes. <laughs> Tom Jones talk is never over. What's new? Tom Jones. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new? Tom Jones. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So Abe and Homer talk about how Abe never used to say anything nice to Homer and Abe is sorry. And then he says he's proud of him. And he says, I was proud that you were never a short man. And that feels so specific yep. that I can only imagine it is something one of the writer's dad said to them at some point. That It must be because it's a baffling line. <laughs> it is... Thoroughly baffling. It is such a dad thing to say, though. Like, just a repressed dad trying to tell his son he loves him. I think it's a great line. But it Mm. feels like it must have come from, like, an actual experience someone had. It must have. Also, I didn't realize until just this very moment. But there are two uh, dad-centric episodes in a row. Oh, yeah? This and then the the Marge Fear of Flying. Fear of Flying, yeah. Which... Ends up being dad centric right at the end. Well, sorry, ends with up. With Marjo's dad that we almost never see and is barely ever talked about and is presumably dead? Presumably died in a flight. Yeah, they never address it really, do they? Maybe they do. Uh, Diana, let us know. Anyway, we'll save that for Fear of Flying. Yeah, maybe. Diana, don't let us know until we re- uh, release Fear of Flying. Yeah, which we we'll do at some point. Because we don't want to know about anything before we release the episode. Otherwise, we're compelled to address it. Yes. And uh, speaking of addressing things. We should address the fact that this episode of Posting the Key of Springfield is over now. We did it. We recorded a fucking episode. You emerged from the woods, covered in literally human shit, and now we've recorded an episode. We were keeping a, a running tally for me of my season six episode placings, but... I was hoping you'd forgotten about that. But that ranking is in my notebook at home, yep. not here. So I don't think we can do the installment for this. Well, look, let me just... Okay, what I'm going to do is... Having not listened back and not really knowing what your order... Oh, I can just look at our podcast. We've got all the episodes here. Why were you hoping I was going to forget? Because I'm just not going to be able to get it. But okay, so your favorite episode so far must have been Itchy and Scratchy Land from season six. I think you're right. After that, what do we have? Lisa on Ice, Bart's Girlfriend. If only we had some kind of spreadsheet that was able to track... The nah. rankings of various episodes. Yeah, but nothing like that's ever going to be said, so it's not worth even imagining. Okay, just judging by the length of the episodes we have done, uh-huh. I feel like Lisa on Ice, you must have liked a lot. Yep. Bud's Girlfriend, probably number three. Uh, this would be number four. <laughs> you know what? That feels about right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> then Homer Badman's a bit longer, but that's an outlier because we just had to deal with that episode. Yeah. I mean, I still like that episode, but you know, you know how it is. I, I know how it is. I will show you the Stooges. You will show me these Stooges. Well, this has been an episode of Pods in the Key of Springfield. 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 Pods in the Key. Of Springfield. Of Springfield. Uh, look, you can follow us on social media. We don't really update it that much. You can email us. Nobody ever does, so it's fine. Um, 
You know, you can just keep listening to the podcast. That's probably the best way to engage with us, really. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, just, just subscribe, download just the episodes. If you like it, tell someone about it. Maybe they'll download it. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't. I mean, it's not your problem if yeah. they don't like it. Why not send us a tweet? Maybe we'll check the notifications. Yeah, and we'll be like, hey, that's cool. And sometimes people will send things through and I'll take a screenshot and send it to Nick. And Nick will say, huh, it's weird that people like our stuff. And it's I, good. I do find it baffling, yeah. Uh, so yes, um, tune in next time when we'll do another episode of this fucking thing. Um, I'm not sure when that'll release or even when this one will release. Because obviously our schedule fell apart a bit because, uh, life got complicated and nobody was really listening to us. So it never seemed like that much of a priority, but you know, we'll keep doing episodes. It's fun. Uh, Woozer Wuzzle. We're through the looking glass here, people. And that's it. That's the, that's the episode. That's the episode. Yeah. High five. Uh-huh. So we're going to do a podcast. Um, what episode of Pods in the Key of Springfield is this? Because I usually lead off with... Yeah, I know how you lead off. Let's let's have a oh, look. Oh, you know how I lead off. I'll well, show I'm you the stooges. fully aware. I thought maybe you'd have forgotten, but uh, I guess we're doing it again. Dun-dun-dun. Oh, Lord, we be doing it. Oh, Lord, they coming. They coming hard. Uh, let's see. Okay, so home of... Oh, we're up to episode 69. Fuck yeah. And it's about sex. Holy shit. I guess, I guess we need to make a big deal about that, I right? guess we need to make a big deal about that. Okay, I'm ready. Are you okay. ready? No, I am not. Okay, I'm, I'm open. Like, open your bloody book. I'm on it. I was gonna say, look, I meant to say that I am rusty, but I nearly said that I am crusty. Crusty at recording. Rusty the clown. Yes, exactly. So that's yep. the level of comedy people can expect. Rusty the clown. The 69th episode of Puzzle in the Cave Springfield, not including all the extra shit we've done. Along. I mean, yeah. re- this is actually like episode like 92 or something. Yeah. But none better will be 69.